Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Well, good day to you. Sound a little Australian when I say that. Good day to you. <laughs> good day, mate. Uh, you're listening to Deeper Dive. I'm sitting here with Sam. Sam's back in the chair. We had Chris last week. Uh, great podcast. Go listen to that kind of about discipleship and behind the scenes of our church and what we believe in leadership and all that. So go listen to that. But this week, we are looking at Mark 15, Jesus' crucifixion. Now, you taught that, Sam, on Palm Sunday rather than Palm Sunday on Palm Sunday, the traditional Palm Sunday. Uh, explain that before we go further. Yeah, we're walking through Mark. We were on Palm Sunday a few weeks ago. Uh, on Palm Sunday, one of our uh, staff members on the Daily Devo, if you've done that, which you can text 96123-DEVO, uh, but uh, Rob Bauscher talked about it. But as we walk through Mark in our sermon series and in our Bible reading this week, it was chapter 15, the crucifixion. So uh, we... We only have one chapter left in the book of Mark, and then we're on to Daniel. You've heard me say that multiple weeks in a row. But before we get any farther, make sure you like, share, um, all rate, review, all the things you would do. And then if you have a question for us, we got several, uh, and I even want to look at one. I, I know I talked in the last episode how we were going to carry one over yep. uh, to this week, so you could hit that because we were talking more about discipleship. So we'll look at that one first. Um, but... Uh, text the word question 96123. That's how you can submit them. Or honestly, if you go to church here, just grab Samurai and uh, Samurai. But then other I've people never, online can't benefit from That's the from first it. time I've ever said that. You are a Samurai when I say that. You, that's the first time you've noticed it? Yes. Really? Like no, in you, the you, moment. You've said it many times, and I've thought, man, we should make this name the Ninja Podcast or something like because you do say it often. I well, like it. Text question 96123 what we should call this podcast. To Ninja the Samurai. samurai. <laughs> Samurai. I'm, that's going to be in my head the rest of the rest of the day. But uh, like I said, this is Easter week for us, kind of our Super Bowl. And you were looking at the crucifixion, and then coming up, we get to look at the resurrection. Yeah. And you said two defining points. I would say the third defining point is him being born, is Jesus being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said that Sunday, that was my only critique for the sermon. Is there's really three. Him being born is pretty significant. You can't have one without the other. Which came first, chicken or the egg? Um, type thing. But why don't you go ahead and kind of walk through what you talked about this past Sunday? So we let the Bible really speak for itself. We had a, a long reading as we just walked through what Jesus went through, and I wanted to point out what it was that Jesus went through, verses 12 through 25, uh, or graphic details of his horrific suffering on the cross, why Jesus went through it and pointed out in that his sovereignty through the whole time. Like Jesus told his disciples he was going to go to Jerusalem to die and rise again. So he knew this was coming. He was in complete control. Why did he go through that? Well, he went through it and he really in control of the situation has the mockers tell us why. And the, the mockers were talking about him saving others. Will he save himself so that they could see and believe? And Jesus was going to do that in a more amazing way than anyone could ever imagine. Uh, dying on the cross is the perfect sacrifice for their sin and then overcoming the grave, not just coming down off the cross, but rising again after being in the tomb for three days. And uh, so we talked about why, why he went through it. And then so that leads to the big idea. Jesus gave his life to give you life and me life. He gave his life to give us life. Uh, The mocking people that said, why don't you just come down off the cross and save yourself? 
he saved himself. But three days later, the reason he didn't is because he was doing that to save us. He, he gave his life to give us life. And so how do we respond? And we looked at the response of the world around him on that crazy day of the darkness in uh, the supernatural darkness in the sky, Jesus crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even God himself responding, the killer responding uh, by the centurion at the foot of the cross saying, surely this man is the Son of God, and his followers watching from a distance. And uh, obviously we talked about the opportunity for us to believe, uh, to respond in faith, repent, believe, and follow, like I believe the centurion actually did after he killed him, but also really the challenge for followers to join those ladies on the hill that were watching the crucifixion as we go through this week, to really let the crucifixion impact it up impact us as followers of Christ to 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 really and it's painful frankly to meditate on what Jesus went through for you and I but to let that be transformative and and uh in in my heart and in yours and a little behind the scenes that was a very kind of making fun of you but actually having a little fun the very dramatic reading of the scripture too you use more voices I'm having trouble talking today, I'll just be honest. <laughs> but you use more voices in that dramatic reading of the crucifixion than I think I've heard you. You were changing, even in the second service, you were changing even voices. There there was some weird voice that came out when they were mocking him, all sorts of stuff. Good job on that. You even had sound effects at one point. It was not intended to be that. But when you have a long reading, you want people to really be in the moment. And and the tech team, actually, that was the last minute. They jumped in. Andrew's right here beside me, but to bring the lights down when, when the, the lights went down. And so. it really was good. I am making fun of it, but it, it really was good how you, you brought that in, the lights come down and all that. But if you want to hear that sermon or watch it, uh, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. The Seder presentation is on there too, and I had several people this week catch me, ask me how to share that. You can go on there. It's also on our YouTube channel if you want to share the Seder presentation, because um, Passover is this week. Yeah. Uh, as we're recording this, it's Easter week. Um, that's a great thing to share with a coworker that may not be a Christian to start the conversation, you know, because it's more of a Jewish ceremony than it even is a Christian ceremony. So it's a great way to start a religious, spiritual conversation is use that um, presentation. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive in. And you just said something as you were talking. You were talking about how Mark records the uh, crucifixion a certain way, and uh, John, Matthew, Luke all record the you know Jesus' life different ways. So one of the questions we have for you, uh, if you read some of the other gospel records of Jesus' death, you learn that Jesus said several things while on the cross. Why do you think Mark only records one saying for us? And kind of, a, I'm going to take this to a bigger level. Why do all the scriptures recorded a little bit different? Yeah. So let's let's dive deeper. Or all right? the gospels. Sorry. In in Mark 15, where we were this week, we read in verse 34 the only recorded words. Uh, he tells us there's a loud cry later. But Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so Mark records those. We see in other passages that, you know, mother, your son. We, we see I thirst. We see uh, uh, into your hands I commit my spirit. We see tetelestai written by different authors. Uh, some will look at writing like that and actually think, well, okay, the gospel writers are not telling the truth because they're recording different things. 
but if if you know legal system at all, or actually if you study any kind of historic documents, that actually tells you the other. It actually affirms the truth of the text, because different writers will remember different things and want to amplify and point out different things. There's nothing that we have in the Gospels that cannot be uh, melded, right, to go together. And so uh, it would make sense that Jesus would say other things on the cross, and even Mark said, with a loud cry, he breathed his last, but he doesn't write down what that cry was, which uh, one of the other gospel writers does, telling us to tell us die. It is, it is finished as Jesus uh, breathed his last. So why? Why would Mark write these words, I think, was the question. Uh, again, it's, uh, it helps us see that this is factual to have different recordings. I believe in Mark, and a lot of other people would point this out, that Mark is trying to help the reader see that Jesus was a suffering servant. So as Mark records a lot of the details, he points out the suffering of Christ in what he records, and that would make sense that, again, the deepest part of his suffering was him taking on the sin of the world and God turning his back on him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The suffering servant Justin read out of Isaiah 53 in our worship set on Sunday, uh, the person who would die, and by his stripes you and I would be healed, uh, that, that the Lord through his chastisement would bring us peace. Uh, he would take on the sin of the world in our place. And so I think that's what he was trying to point out. That's why I think these were the words that he chose to record for us. And uh, putting you on the spot a little bit here, because we didn't, going into this, talk about this, but um, what? how do the other uh, Gospels kind of look at the crucifixion, like Luke, I know, was doctor, mm-hmm. so looks at, you know, tells you more of the pain and stuff like that. Yeah, why don't you keep going with that? You have some ideas there, I can oh, tell. Oh, I don't you. know if I... <laughs> yeah. I can, but, and you talked Romans was, you know, how each, basically each book was written, and I with a different... here's where I wanted to go with it when mm-hmm. I say this. I remember week one, us starting, when we started talking about Mark, and, and we addressed it as kind of the sports center, mm-hmm. and once that got into my head, it really was like that. It was a bunch of uh, almost like I was watching the women's final four mm-hmm. highlights and just watching that. And it's literally clip, 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 you know, where some of the other gospels are a little more story driven. This was more highlight driven. Uh, so that's, that's, that's where I would take that question for myself, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. And you mentioned the final four as a Baylor grad, the women's final four winner was our former coach. There yes, you go. which I was actually sad about, but because okay. <laughs> uh, I wish she was still our coach, but there you go. <laughs> then Baylor would be in. But we're not supposed to talk about sports. Oh, we're focusing okay. on this. Um, okay, let me let me jump back. There's a question I've been holding, and it's more because the sixth grade boy in me uh, just laughs at it. But uh, this person wrote in, and they wrote in two weeks ago, so I saved it just for you. You know, Was it a sixth-grade boy that wrote this question? I have no idea. I just have the phone number, okay. and we won't give that over the, over okay. the air. Okay. But um, I could see my eighth-grade son writing this question, let's say that. Uh, but it actually is. Uh, it's ta- it addresses Mark 14, 51 through 52, and it's kind of Jesus' arrest right there. Yep, I'll read it in a second. And it says... Uh, the question says, seems like such a random couple of verses in a really intense passage of Scripture. So Jesus is getting arrested. I said it's the sports center. We're getting the highlights. And then all of a sudden, this happens. Read the... Yeah, so it tells us Jesus was arrested, and in verse 50, they all left him and fled. Now, 51 and 52 were what this question is asking about, okay? So here, I'll read this question. 
And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked, period. And then they're before the high priest in the next verse. So what in the world, uh, why would Mark include these words? One, we don't know. Right. Uh, anytime uh, someone who's writing historical document records history, there's things they choose to include, the things they not choose to include. Uh, Peter, we think, was Mark's source, and so some say, well, Peter saw something, and so he uh, brought it to Mark's attention. The other other gospel writers, when they're recording, they're like, I didn't see that, or what what was going on there. Um, so I have not studied it much recently. Mark was helping me out and talking about it as we jumping in, uh, and I do remember reading this at one point when I have studied it in the past. Uh, some believe that Mark was placing himself in the story. And we're saying Mark, gospel of Mark, not, not you, Mark, Mark me. Mark, yes, just good. to clarify the pronouns, <laughs> clarify all of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, the, all the disciples flee, and then Mark was saying, hey, even me, if if... You know, if I was around or being around, I also did not stick there by Jesus' side, and and I left, even though they tried to seize me. I I, I got away uh, and and left, and even picturing himself humiliated, being naked in in the the story. Um, so, do we know that it was him? No, we don't know. He didn't tell us that, right? Uh, so we don't know that it was him. It could have just been another follower. We know that Jesus also was very active helping people who were demons. Uh, uh, we read about dem- uh, how demon-possessed, some that didn't wear clothes, and other places and gospel writers write about that. I so. actually have a verse, little behind the scenes, if you're my friend. Okay, yes. Uh, true friend, you will realize this. When I sign... Um, Th- different things, and you know, you put the verse under it of inspiration, whatever. I sign Isaiah thirty six twelve, and I'd encourage you to go read that verse. Wow, no, you were you, you told me before you were made to memorize this verse. I was. So if you, I was Grant's intern way back when. I've been here forever. So I was actually an intern for two summers. I was his Grant's associate, and then uh, under Jeff Warren came on staff full time, uh, doing communications and now creative stuff. But um. In the time, as Grant's intern, you have to memorize a verse a week. And if you miss, you have to buy lunch for everybody. So all sorts of pressure. And I forgot the verse of the week. And so a man named Tommy Woodard, who is in the skit guys, went and asked Grant for me because we were at a camp. And he came back and said, hey, you're supposed to memorize Isaiah 36, 12, which was not the verse. (laughs) But to this day, I have that verse memorized, not just in the King James, which I encourage you to look up that version, (laughs) but the NIV, the ESV, I've memorized it because... You know, we all have that little sixth grade boy in us that so, just laughs at some of those verses, and we could all say them. There's the, There are verses like that in the Bible. It was not just Mark that wrote down stuff that's like, really? Why is this recorded for us? But I think it's part of the beauty of Scripture, okay, frankly. tangent, so, though. We yes. went way off. Let's bring it back uh, and just kind of talk more about the sermon this week. Yes. Okay, Mark 15, and it's interesting, when you preached it, you added, I think it's verse 40, verse 41 at the end of the passage, where it talks specifically uh, about the women in the story. Uh, So kind of tell why you added that, or or why do you think it um, mentions, emphasizes that women were there, present? Uh, Partly because Mark emphasizes it. Uh, uh, most of our uh, New Testaments, uh, di- when they divide it out into sections, will actually include that in the story of Jesus' crucifixion, not the later part of the burial, right? 
So Mark includes it. He also, in just a few more verses, is going to bring up those three ladies a second time. And then Sunday, when we do the resurrection, he's going to bring them up a third time. So all three names, three different times in just a few verses. And so it was important to Mark to record this. And I think it's important for us to, to acknowledge that he said, okay, the women stuck around. These are the names of the women. And then they're going to be the first witnesses to the empty tomb in the story of Mark. In fact, uh, we don't even hear about the, uh, if you, you end with the, the traditional ending of the book of Mark, which ends at verse 8 of chapter 16, you don't even find out about the disciples learning of the resurrection. It's just these three ladies that do, if, if you end where most people think the book of Mark ends. So Mark emphasized it. I thought we should emphasize it. And what we talked about was, again, the big point was wanting us to, like these followers of Jesus, to, to watch and to reflect on the, the Jesus' death for us, that he, he, he went to the cross for our sin. But I also talked about uh, there, are, there are many that have pointed out so many different proofs for the resurrection, but one of those proofs for the resurrection is if you were making the story up at this point in time, but you wanted it to be taken as truth, you would not have made women the eyewitnesses. Their, their voice was not counted in the court of law. I mentioned a name, Celsus, on Sunday, an ancient Roman historian who tried to, about 100 years after Christ, disprove that Jesus was God, and he talks about Jesus' death and resurrection, which is interesting. I mean, it is there is a historic event that the world thought was true even at his time, right? Celsus has a drink out now, too. Oh. It's, it's, I don't never know, mind, I went way off. No, <laughs> no uh, so, Wow. So, but th- this guy said, "Hey, uh, you, w- w- they say that women, right, were the witnesses. Like, and you know, no one can, can trust or believe women." Um, he overlooked the fact that over five hundred people saw him alive at once. There were many, many others that saw him alive. But uh, so, Mark made a point out of it. They become in all the gospels, not just Mark. Uh, really, the first evangelists. They, they become the first ones to go and tell people the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive. And uh, that's cool. Uh, if you're a woman, and, and, and this is interesting for me, another side note here, but we're dig- digging deeper right now. Our world right now is pushing back on Christianity, and one of the primary arguments against, against Christianity, and many in the younger generation, think that if you believe in the Christian faith— you are going to oppress the marginalized. And if you look at what Jesus taught, it's actually the other way around, right? He elevates uh, the women much higher than the culture at the time did. He is the, he, it's declaring good news to the poor, the recovery of sight to the blind. Like Jesus, the gospel is good news for those who are oppressed. So it's actually the opposite of what our culture actually thinks from the outside, when they don't get inside of Christianity, is happening. And uh, so, yeah, if, if that's you, dig into what the Bible teaches. He chose the women to be the witnesses. Now, looking ahead, um, and I want to kind of transition, give you a chance to kind of talk about Daniel coming up. But before I do, I want to make sure, if you're out there um, and it's Easter has not happened, well, Easter in 2023 has not happened, you're listening to this, I would encourage you to invite someone. I want to walk through those real quick. Um, 
what those events that we are having here at the church. Don't want to miss that opportunity. But Good Friday Experience is a great way to, as you talked about, the suffering of Jesus to walk through and kind of experience that touch uh, different things. It, there's almost like a Stations of the Cross if you grew up uh, in a different church doing that. It, but there's more than that. Yeah. Um, but that'll be Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. And then on Saturday, we have an Easter fest that's a... a a lot of bounce houses, different things. Great event to invite the younger uh, yeah. children to. If you have a neighbor, grandkid, something like that, that you, it's a great way to get them to church. And if they'll stick around, if they're not church, five thirty on Saturday yeah. is our first and service. A little outdoor Bethlehem village too, where the kids can walk through and yes. hear the story of Christ from people in costumes, and it's it's a neat deal. And then following that will be our first Easter service, five thirty Saturday night. We'll be inside for that service we learned last year the hard way that it's harder when we're outside to make it all make sense and, and work well but we we're hoping to still be outside Sunday morning uh, if the weather is looking good on Saturday night we'll still be planning to be outside Sunday morning for a seven o'clock if not good weather we'll be inside Sunday morning seven o'clock and then we have an 8 30 we have a 10 and we have an 11 30 and we're asking you if you are currently a part of First McKinney or even if you just listen and you're planning to come on Sunday just a heads up that 10 o'clock service is usually the most full and so we're asking you to try to target a time outside of that 10 o'clock service if you're able if you're part of our church and you've not served yet in our church uh, it's a great way to also get your feet wet we have hundreds of volunteers that help us on Sunday to welcome literally hundreds of guests to our campus to help us tell people about Jesus and so it's a neat way for you to kind of feel out a little bit what it would might be like to serve on a Sunday morning you could serve a service and come a service um, then looking way ahead uh, and I'm very excited about this. The more I study it, and last week I was talking with Chris in here on the podcast, and uh, it is funny. Uh, it's odd, some of the stuff you read about in Daniel, um, but I I'm looking forward to that. But I will say, as we move towards Daniel, if you don't mind, if you're listening right now, just say a prayer for Sam. Even looking at Easter week, he has Easter weekend. He has four, five, six sermons he has to preach. Now, a lot of it's the same content, but to make it new and relevant and fresh to each person. He won't, he asks for prayer. I'm going to give you a specific prayer. Just pray for him, for his strength and all that as he goes forward. But even so... Andrew, Andrew right beside us, doing the same thing, leading out, and Mark Presley across yes, the way. Yes, but it's your like, voice that has to volunteers. go through. Well, Thank God's you. voice. Thank but you. Yes. But uh, we re I recognize a ton of people make it happen. So Well, yes, but... Um, and really, the other thing to pray for is... Because we're so focused on Easter, sometimes we forget the next week. Um, now, you and I have been working on Daniel and coming up, and that's what we're excited about. But just take a minute uh, right now as you're listening and pray for Sam, even as we prep for that first Daniel sermon. And then right after the first sermon, we're going to have a baptism Sunday. So if you are interested in bap getting baptized, um, we're going to have a big old baptism service on a Sunday morning and do all that. But... Why don't you take a moment and kind of tell us what you're looking forward to with Daniel? Yeah. I genuinely believe that this book has the opportunity to impact each of our lives in a significant way at this time. Why? Well, the Daniel Dilemma, if you want to say it that way, there's a book that I'm going through that's titled that. The Daniel Dilemma is he's living in a culture that is running away from God, and he's in exile there. And I don't think we're at the extreme level that Daniel was, but our culture's going that way quickly. And if you're a Christian, you've been following Jesus for a while, you see that and you sense that. So Daniel 
shows up in that culture, and he doesn't just survive, he thrives. Uh, he has pagan people who are wanting to be worshipped, who end up respecting him and his faith. And so the question is, how do you thrive in Babylon, right? What does it look like for us to to literally live our faith out in the furnace, Um well, Daniel's going to show us, right? He's going to show us what does it look like for us to live out loud in a culture that's going the opposite direction and be successful. Now, it may not look like success in the world's eyes. Daniel saw that. Uh, but to to know what it looks like to really fully follow Jesus. And so I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to learning even myself. Uh, if you feel burned out right now, if you feel overwhelmed right now, if you feel like you're facing mountains that you can't climb right now, uh, Daniel is going to show us how he was able to overcome through the strength of the Lord and the, his faith. In, in and the first half of it, if you haven't looked at it, is some of the stories you've heard, Daniel and Lion's Den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the statue that Nebuchadnezzar yeah. uh the writing up, on the wall. Writing on the wall. You've heard those stories. And then the last half is some prophecy. Yeah. And we I know we got a ton of questions about that, so our church is interested. But the thing you said that I'm most excited about as I read that is that he made a difference by his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It was his words, but by his lifestyle, which is a big point in just my uh, religious life, my spiritual life, is letting people see me act it out, mm -hmm. uh, letting putting action to words, mm -hmm. you know, more than that. And that's what I'm excited to learn, to see, uh, to hear. And then, yes, the prophecy stuff. So, yeah. Um, but again, that starts the week after Easter. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but uh, you can go listen to any of those sermons, uh, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. Sam will be doing most of them. But as we get into the summer, we'll have some uh, some of the other staff take over some of the. I told Chris he's got the one with the goat that grows four horns and all that. <laughs> so you'll uh, look forward to those sermons, but all that. Uh, and again, invite someone to Easter. I'm going to give you the last word, Sam, but before I do, text us questions to 96123. Again, we've we've got lots of people listening we know, so send us in those questions. We love to talk about that, maybe about Daniel or the resurrection, what we're going to be preaching on this week. And then as you uh, turn off this podcast, say a prayer for Sam and for the team, but for Sam for him preaching this week. I'll let you close us out. Yeah. Well, the, what Jesus and the way that he controlled even the crucifixion and those who were mocking him, he was telling us the gospel. There is a real king of the Jews, right? His name is Jesus the Christ that he was mocked as. The religious leaders saying, are you the Christ? Come down from the cross. He is the Christ, the Son of God that the centurion confessed him as. That's who Jesus is in his love and by his grace. He lived a perfect life, right? Like you were saying, Daniel didn't even do it perfectly, right? Jesus did. He lived a perfect life to become the perfect sacrifice, to be the suffering servant, die on the cross, and he rose again Easter. Uh, it, we talked about Good Friday, Sunday's coming, right? Uh, Easter, he rose again, and he is coming back. Repent, believe, follow him. Be part of his kingdom now and forever. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.